spark of your life, motivation, keep it moving, uh, all about improving, this here is a movement, conquer your life, uh, ain't no going backwards, time to overcome your challenges with Tristan Mathers, aiming to see the success, time to start living your best, positive changes, they creating a ripple effect, mind, body, spirit, all about resilience, welcome to the podcast, hey, let's get it, get it. What's up, everybody? I'm Tristan Mathers, and welcome to Conquer Your Life. Join me as I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world, sharing their invaluable insights with you. Together, we'll ignite the fire within and unlock your limitless potential. Let's get it. How are you guys doing? We are good. Yeah. Um, Let's see. You're ready for your group thing coming up, right? Pretty soon. Yeah, that's happening soon. Not going to lie. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I got that from Herb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like you said, I'm just letting God lead me and whatever happens, happens. And I'm learning whenever it comes. But yeah, first ever teen leadership boot camp thing is happening this next weekend. And it's going to be a good time. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Well, if you want to flush anything out this week, let me know if you want to talk anything over. You know, a different call, you know, for that stuff. Yeah. talked about what you talked about with us last time and in a conversation I've had in the coaches group um, something similar came up but the 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 youth group the stuff that you're trying to do is so very similar to how the, doing. the stuff that you're doing <laughs> yes it's so very much similar to the boy scouts and in, in their original mission you know the and and the space for guys to be guys. Guys to be guys, and and this is this is actually what came up in a in a men's init, men's arc of initiation meeting with my fellow coaches. Yeah. And the guy teaching this class about men's health and, and initiation, I'm the only other guy in the class, and there's twelve girls in the class. <laughs> what? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Right. And. Part of it is when guys have meetings, girls want to be there. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, that seems interesting. And so they come into that space. You know, when girls have meetings, when girls are going to go do that, guys are all, yeah, go have fun, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But when guys do that, the girls kind of want to come along. And, you know, we like girls, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty okay. Um, But what happened is, is the Boy Scouts started letting moms be Boy Scout leaders. Mm. And then the moms started going to the camps and suddenly and it changed the dynamics because the, there weren't men talking around the fire with young men. Mm -hmm. There were moms there too. And when women and men are together, men talk differently, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't help it. There are some things that there the the words just don't come out the right way when women are, are around. So you just that those is you just don't go there. So in a way, it's like it's not like we don't like women, but <laughs> women ruined the Boy Scouts because yeah. it took it, it took the men's group away. It took the boys talking to men away in a manly way. And so that that kind of connection was lost. But, you know, it's like the girls want to be around the guys. We do more interesting stuff. It's like <laughs> Sometimes. My, my Facebook feed, Christina likes to get onto my computer and go through my Facebook feed oh, and, and go through 
because she goes, it's so much different than mine. There's so much more interesting things. And it's like, well, not say that. I just said it was different. It's not always interesting. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you watch the things I watch, then this would be like what your feed is. And she goes, but I don't like to watch that on my channel. I like to watch that on your channel. So, you know, she, they like to know what we're doing. They like to be involved. Yeah. One thing I really like about your group though, that you're talking about right now is that the women have been asking questions though, right? It, this, they're not going there trying to change it. They didn't yeah. realize they were changing it. They were like, but we just want to know. And they're like, well, you can come, but it's not going to be exactly the same as if you weren't here. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like that's so, I appreciate that because now I have a whole new perspective on how Boy Scouts is going nowadays. And it's probably like that around probably everywhere, man. But yeah, like when you and I talk, Herb, and when, when I and Christina talk, it's completely different. It's just like that different dynamic. And what men need is other men to pour into them, you know, and the ladies need to have women pour into them. Like I'm having Marshall pour into me. And then now KJ is pouring into Brianna and the dynamic is beautiful. Like anything that I ever told Brianna, she didn't really actually hear it. Yeah. But then when KJ tells her the same exact thing, Brianna finally gets it. Well, it's the same way with the guys too. Like what I said on my speech in Montana is like, I can't teach a woman how to be a woman. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And like it or not, a lady can't teach a man how to be a man. It just doesn't work that way. So again, Herb, Christina, you guys are just such a good dynamic. Like you're like finishing each other's sentences, adding more on top of it, making it playful. I just, I love talking to you guys. This is so fun. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Should we actually get serious now? Yeah. Would you like to actually introduce us? And then we, you could like edit that back to the, to the beginning of the podcast so people know who we are. No, man, that was a good way to start it. We're just going to keep going how it is. So yeah, man, I have, I do have a list of questions and everything to everybody listening. This is Herb and Christina, uh, how, how do you, it says, hey, Averett. Well, how do you guys typically do it? Really close. Hey, Averett. Hey, Averett. Uh-huh, yeah. And the, these yeah. two are amazing. I met them in Montana at a, uh, a speaking training conference with Marshall Gillen. He's been on the podcast as well. And when these two walked in, it was just like, who the heck are these people? They're just, their energy is out of this world. They're different. Their connection is beautiful. Like when you look at a married couple and you look at these two, you're like, yep, they're so in love. It's like, wow. Thank you. Um, but yes, so these two run a bringing education home system. So if you guys want to introduce yourself and then talk a little bit about what you guys do, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, I'm Christina Hayavert, and I am a former teacher. I taught in the public classroom for 27 years and just recently left the classroom because I couldn't reach the parents. And I couldn't reach the students the way I wanted to, the way I had been doing for so many of those years. And now I am co-founder of Vibrant Family Education with this wonderful guy, Mr. Herb. And we are working on helping parents realize the best education for their child, which may end up being taking their child out of the public school and doing something different. Mm. And I'm Herbert A. Averett. Um, I've, I'm different. I've been kind of different <laughs> my whole life. I've seen things differently. And I, I see truth in life in a way that most people don't. And um, 
So over the years when of her teaching, I, I started, we started talking about different ways to teach about how we should have like a, a school for people who need to move a lot. And it could be, we call it a sports school. So, or, or we'll call it a sports school. So there's a sports school. And so there's people who dance and the cheerleaders and the football players go there. But you also have the people who aren't going to necessarily play sports, but love it. So you're going to have the people, the writers who like to, and the stats and the mathematicians. And so you can have a school around sports and the people who need to move are, are out there doing that movement. And then we can have a school for the more quieter people and the more booky people. And, and, and so we had these ideas over the years. And as the school system started to fall apart, mm -hmm. 27 years, we watched it from the inside out yeah. fall apart. Um, they slowly took away her ability to create her own curriculums, her own what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. Um, they sh eventually they started like handing her tests and say, you need to be on this page on this day. And the kids need to take this test on this day. And, and yeah. if they don't make it tough, you just, just you just get them, through. push them to the next. And so as soon as the kid starts to fall behind, they're left behind because there's no ability to go back and bring mm -hmm. them up. Mm -hmm. And through this period, um, I was also an entrepreneur. And so I, I had at one point, like a vision from God is what I call it. I woke mm -hmm. up in my driveway, which sounds really weird, but at like five o'clock in the morning, I got, I got up, got dressed and was standing in my driveway and it's like, what's going on? And then I had this like vision of the school system that was kind of given to me. And I put a lot of my, my business activities into preparing for the school. And then in the middle of that, I hurt my head. And mm -hmm. everything kind of fell apart. And then, you know, I started getting better. COVID hit. Christina started working in an online education capacity. And then, then the school system got really, really bad in the last two or three years with, yeah. with our grab that happened with, with COVID, with the way um, insignificant people started being able to make very significant decisions. Yeah. The, the system just took a, a dive and I believe it's now irrecoverable. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. At this point to step out and instead of just talking about the problem, let's give a let's, solution let's to families. Give a solution to a system and, and help those families get there. <laughs> and you were talking about Marshall. So, Accidentally, I ended up at one of Marshall's um, meetings last June, and it happened to be his initial relaunching party. And yeah. seriously, it was a complete accident that I was there. <laughs> um, and because I, I hadn't heard about him beforehand. But after being going through that program, I saw something and I saw where he was going and I was really impressed. And so I, I joined his group. And during that week, I was still really broken. I was still really messed up. I was I was in a bad way with the head injuries and where I was at. And in in that meeting with Marshall, I had a second meeting with God. And and at the end of the event, I was told, "Tell them about your school." And it's like, "But God," I said, "You you took that away from me. You smashed my head. I lost it. It's not there anymore." And he's like, "No, no, no." It's like tell them about your school. And it's like, you're giving it back to me. And it's like, yes, but it's not going to be yours anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need to give it to the parents. So that's, that's kind of what we did. So we started this, it's a coaching program where we actually work with the children and the parents. 
We teach the parents how to be education coaches. Now, we still do a lot of the teaching, teaching. So the reading, the writing, the the math. The academics. Find out where the kids are, what they need, those kinds of things. You, you, we get in there and we help with that. But then we teach the parents how to be education coaches, learning coaches. We teach them how to take them to a museum, how to do other stuff like that. And so it became the parents' school and they get to raise their children instead of having to be my vision. So that's family education. Vibrant family education was born and we, she left school after 27 years and we brought this new education method to, to life. Let's go. I love what you guys are doing, man. Like every time you guys share it, I could just hear how passionate you are about it. But like really the thing that is broken in today's society is the family life. It's missing. The kids are not connecting with their parents. Their parents aren't connecting with their kids. The parents aren't even connecting with each other. And really what it is, is that whole family dynamic. And my unique uh, purpose is to pour into the boys, you know, to teach them about masculine leadership because, you know, a man has to be the leader there. But even deeper than that, you guys teach the parents. And that is just so huge. Like every time we talk, I know it's different, but we're on the same journey of just making that family life, that dynamic of how it's supposed to be with human connection better. And I have so many different things to touch on after after that. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you were to just have a problem? Okay. What is the problem that you're here to solve? And what is the solution? That the children are not getting the education they need to be happy, healthy, and successful. So they are coming out of school with a slight academic but they don't know how to carry on, carry forward in life. They don't know how to be human. They don't know how to connect. They don't really know what they want to do next. Mm-hmm. And and that is a 27-year teacher talking. You can hear the in the box. You can hear all of the, the, the programming that she had to kind of push out. Um, so we're, we're fixing the family. It, mm-hmm. It's not... It sounds like it's about the kids, but if you bring education home, if you are working with your children, if you if you do the dynamic um, work that we're talking mm-hmm. about and you work on your emotional intelligence, you start to bring in some psychology to find out if you're an introvert or an extrovert and you can talk to your children about who they really are. Um, and, and then you start educating them like an entrepreneur. Like, oh, hey, mm. let's go this direction and let's let's do this for eight weeks and see how that goes and let's build this up. And and then once they find their passion, then they will pull that. Like your men's group is pulling you forward. Mm-hmm. Now, if this were an education thing, this is an education thing for you. How much are you learning? How much of this is like you growing and becoming more than you are? Absolutely. And it took me finding that passion to start getting on that path. Now, imagine finding a seven or an eight-year-old in a learning environment and being able to find that passion and start driving them from that early in age. Yes, that early. But seven and eight-year-olds will bounce around a lot. Bounce around a lot. Something for a while and then change, and that's completely fine because it's normal for a seven Mm -hmm. or eight-year-old. But because they have the experiences, they'll be able to 
continue a little bit longer on the next thing on the next thing until they really do settle in. Yes. And I can see how the programming in schools, why they start it so early, because in that very important time when the brain is developing and they're figuring stuff out, they want to totally program you early to not find that. And that's what's also missing. To to line up, to count, to be still, to to know the line. It's like, uh, for a lack of better words, it's like having a slave mind instilled into you early. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, I think it's because I hit my head so damn hard when I was six years old that it finally woke my ass up to what was true. You know, going to school and the teachers really didn't care about me. I would sit down and I'd fall asleep and they'd be like, wake up, Tristan, you're supposed to be doing work. But dude, I can't. I literally want to fall asleep because what you're teaching is boring and I don't give a shit. And now I realized it was on like what God's plan for me. It needed to be that way. But like God, God is calling a certain amount of us to go through the bullshit. So then we can teach it, you know, and that's exactly what you guys did as well. Like it took 27 years, you know, it took Herb hitting his head and getting to a certain point. Um, But yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm a victim of it since I did go through the school system not through COVID, but at least during some parts of the hard times is that it was so obvious to me that they didn't give a crap, that they were teaching an agenda and that the majority of kids and peers around me were following that agenda. And I just wasn't for it. Um, So I got a question to even dive even deeper into this too, is like, what are some personal things that happened in your journey to establish this? Like, what are some things that happened to you that made you really open up? Be like, dude, I got to I got to make a change. A lot of it for me, even though I was still in the classroom, was watching the change in the administration, watching the change in the rules and the policies that were coming down and impacting my classroom. So I say it's my classroom because I did care about my kids and I Mm -hmm. did want the absolute best for every single one of my kids. But I also knew that the parents were supposed to be their first teachers. And the parents were supposed to have the main influence. I was supposed to help guide the academics and support along the way, right? So I knew that that as a teacher is where I was supposed to be, right? And I saw that change. I saw teachers like, oh, no, well, we need to do this. And, oh, parents don't really care, so we're going to take over this. And the thing that was the hardest for me was whenever I was sitting in a meeting and the principal told us, do not tell the parent that so-and-so is making some changes. I'm like, whoa, wait, excuse me, what? Don't tell the parent? Oh yeah, the parent doesn't understand and it's a really bad situation. So we just don't tell the parent. It's like, no, 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 that's not okay. These are young, impressionable kids. Cause I taught elementary school mm-hmm. up through sixth grade, 11, 12 years old tops, right? And so these kiddos need their parents' guidance and support. Now, if it's an abusive relationship, that's, re- you know, that's totally different. You go and you follow the proper steps. Yeah. But those changes really made me see that I wasn't made, able to impact the parents and the kids the way I used to and the way I want to and the way I love to. I yeah. want to go into them, not keep things from them. Yeah, what would have happened? Two Sorry. On this, because you said you wanted to go deeper. Um, one is, yes, I got to watch her and watch the administration change and go from principals who worked with the community, worked with the parents to blocked out the blocked out the community, 
controlled the teachers and shut shut everything down. And, and I watched the progression of of the teachers. Um, but the second thing is, it also has to do a lot with um, government a- a- abuse, especially. And I'm going to call it out at the Democrat Party here. <laughs> Because one of the things they're doing here, especially in Oregon, is if we have an affluent community with lots of nice houses, and and Biden actually put this into law, is they're putting low-income housing in the middle of nice neighborhoods. And they are building schools and shipping children from lower-class neighborhoods and lower income into places with, with higher income people and that that crashes the dynamic of a school wow because um well i'm gonna get super controversial here oh yeah doing it i'm cool with it because we aren't going to these these people aren't going to come to our school and i'm going to call it the breeder mentality because we we have we have a population of breeders in the united states and what i mean by that is they get paid to have babies they get paid to have babies. Their their baby daddies don't live with them because they get paid more money if they're a single parent and they have more kids. So they get they have lots of babies and they get paid to have babies. And so I just call them breeders. It's actually kind of an economy. Mm. And those people don't have any um, self drive self drive self kind of a worth thing they'll never be entrepreneurs they, they won't be entrepreneurs because because that yeah they have an entitlement mentality oh you need to give me this you need to give me this um when they they move into a house they they don't care for the house because everything is giving to them they don't have the the give out back mm-hmm. and so in a in a school system when you start bringing lots of those families in that don't care and the children don't care because their parents don't care about them either. They're just basically a paycheck for their parents. And then you bring them into a community with parents who really care, who donate a lot, who have nice things. So like West Union, where she taught for years, the parents had a had a beautiful parent club. They bought computers for the school. They had gardens for the school. And then... They started busing children in from these. They changed the boundaries. They changed the boundaries, and they and they brought in a lot of low. And these these kids without, and these parents started coming in and taking from the system until they basically all of the parents who kept trying to give into it got tired of the people who were coming in and just taking out of it. Mm. And so they broke the system that way too, by the way they're doing their housing boundaries. So it used to be, you could choose, it's like, I want to live in this neighborhood with this kind of people. And now the government is saying, yeah, that's great, but we're going to put people in here. So it's equitable and fair and you have a nicer school. So we're going to put poor people there so that they have an opportunity to get at that. But then those people tend to take apart the system because again it's it's an education thing it's a it's a mindset mm. thing and so the government also has a huge part of what's happening to the schools it's not just the schools it's an attack at all levels mm-hmm. on the family and the education of our of our children it's the dumbing down of america it's and it's also you see it with the with the demasculization of men and boys and not being able to have 
the the growth and community that we need to create strong leadership. Yeah, there's so many different variables that go into this and it's so obvious the agenda at hand is just to control people, not to have them think for themselves. And even deeper than that, like everything that you said, man, like you, it starts with the education system, but even deeper than that, like what are the parents doing? Are they allowing this? Like there's so many different things going on. And to be honest, I don't really know where to take that next. It's just, it's just so good, man. Like what, everything that you guys are saying, it blows my mind. I was, have you guys, do you guys watch anything like movies or shows? Not very much because we're more into the professional development and things yeah. like that. I, I know most of the stuff on television is full of the propaganda and I'm so sick of hearing the words to toxic masculinity, which is complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. you know, all masculinity is appropriate in certain situations. You know, if, if we have soldiers off ready to die and kill people and do stuff, and then you put them in a different situation, that's going to be considered math toxic. You know, if you put a weak man out in a war zone, that weakness is going to be toxic to that situation. So, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Mm -hmm. Masculinity is needed in all forms. And then we need to make it make find places for it to be appropriately expressed and help teach our young men where things are appropriate. You know, that's that's the key. Yeah, there isn't anything inherently toxic about masculinity. So to say that that this trait is toxic. No, it's only toxic in certain situations because it's inappropriate in that situation. It's not a toxic trait because that trait is incredibly needed somewhere in life. Yeah, it's like masculinity is good as a whole for literally everything, but it's like how that masculinity is used and they only target the negative aspects of masculinity. But if you like it or not, like what happened these last 50 years we have the same amount of guns as we did around n nowadays as we did back then. But why wasn't there school shootings back then? Why wasn't all these things happening? Well, it's because the family dynamic was better. You know, the kids listened and respect their parents. But more than that, they had fathers that were respectable, yeah. that were leading as examples. Well, nowadays you go into it like something that, is going to ruffle a bunch of feathers here. But if your kid is fucking up, it is the parent's fault. And even deeper than that, it's the father's fault because he's not leading and doing the things the right way to get it done. And that's just what fires me up more than anything is like, I know that my dad did his best, but it was the programming that was instilled into him from his, grand, from his grandfather and his father that just got it to where it's at today. And we, we got to switch that around and get the family lifestyle back. Because if you're going to conquer a nation, you're going to get into the people and break apart the families and diversify everything as much as possible. And it's really just evil, man. It's so evil. It goes back to those core values that families used to have. They used to work together, play together, and be closer. And that's exactly what we were talking about. That communication isn't there. The respect isn't there. Now, granted, you know, if you have um, someone who isn't treating you fairly or politely, there's something that needs to be done about that. But there still has to be a certain level of 
who's in charge because that's how you learn. And then you grow into and hopefully a respectful relationship where that dynamic changes as, you know, the children grow. And, you know, part of the education that we want families to have is exactly that. Set up your core values. Talk about the respect back and forth. Set up the parameters of who's in charge, what comes next, and how you kind of move forward in that dynamic so that you get more and more responsibility so you understand mm. And hopefully we can start creating more generational families. Yeah. Again, yeah. what I mean by that is a family where the, the grandparents are there, the parents are there. And it's like you have them all. It, mm. it used to be the, that a family would buy all the houses around and, and then they would all still be together with like a clan neighborhood. And, yeah. and yeah, it was very clannish. Um, in North Plains, where, where she grew up, there's still a lot of families that, that do that. It's like there's a farm family and then they have a kid, then they build another house and another house. And suddenly there's like eight houses and they're all owned by the same family group. Mm-hmm. And they're always there together helping each other. The grandparents, the, the great grandparents, all the way down to the babies, they're all there. Yeah. And we really want to bring that back. And so the, the communication, the, the bringing the family together, the yeah. family dynamics, you know, if you create a strong family, then the kids will want to be around the parents longer. And then, you know, you, you will build it from the ground up again. Yeah. And something I was listening to yesterday also, uh, that was a huge point and it ties exactly to what you're saying is like, there's no, there's not really much importance to a last name anymore. You know, like, what does your last name mean to you? Like if somebody said, like, it's just like, I'm a Mathers, but like, what has my family done to be worthy of the Mathers last name? You know, I am making that change now. It'd be like, this is what it means to be a Mathers. You know, this is, this is the risk. This is the core values that we stand by. This is what we do. If you like it or not, like, ah, man, it just bothers me so much because it's just we used to have it but we allowed the we allowed all of this to happen like it or not so what that's also part of our story because my youngest son um we we thought we were modeling these behaviors and talking about these behaviors and my mom changed my last name when i was three my mom and dad did so um that that hey part of that name was supposed to be my family name given to me by my mom and dad. Mm. And my youngest son, when he got married, um, changed his last name. Wow. So right right before he got married, the woman he was marrying, who was woke, um, was didn't didn't like my last name, didn't like the patriarchy, blah blah bullshit, and so convinced him to change his last name three days before he got married. I kind of had a problem with that, and now we don't get to see my granddaughter anymore. I haven't talked to my son in years, and and he considers me disrespectful. And we're and, we are, we're and the problem. problem. Wow. Yeah, based on. Because he didn't think a name was important. Yeah. And so it, it goes into exactly what we're talking about. Let's keep these families closer together, understand each other more by communicating. Maybe more. if we had talked about it a little more. because if, if we had, yeah, talked you know, about it, our values up front and at family meetings and things like that. Because there's a story about my name when we when we go 
pretty much anywhere when we check into hotels, people ask us about the name. And I get to talk about how my mom created the name and how the different letters mean things and and how there's a vibrational frequency attached to the name. And so those vibrational frequencies have. So I, I have this whole story. <laughs> Gary and heard this story for years and years and years about how they created this name for me. And still somehow he didn't think it was important to keep it, to keep it. Yeah. So, so we missed something in that communication. Mm-hmm. He heard the stories, but he didn't understand. So yeah. we, we, we failed in talking about our family values about, mm-hmm. about the, this very thing. Yeah. So we're, Part of the school and the communication and the bringing the families back together is to hopefully fill in some of these gaps so that people don't lose their kids. Yeah. Did this happen with your son before you started the school and started heading in that direction? Yeah. So that was a life event that even fired you up that much more to get this going. That helped us know the direction we needed to go. Yeah. So this happened around. So this was a bad time of my life. So my dad died. My son was doing this. And this is right when I found out. And I, and the last blow to my head and I found, and I went and had the brain scan and found out how much brain damage I had. So I had a whole lot of really bad knocks. So I lost my son. I lost my dad. I lost my mind. I lost my business and just all within the Mm -hmm. scope of, of like two or three years. And it just completely destroyed me, destroyed my life, destroyed my confidence. I, I'm still just rebuilding myself. I'm, I'm I'm less than two years into my recovery from from where I reached my lowest point. Yeah, and, but we know that we can still help others because of our experiences and because of where we've been and where we want to go. Yeah. And I've gone through coaching school, so I'm a I'm a certified coach, coach now well. to to help with people who are going through similar things yeah. that that I was. Because man, I, I am I am come so far because I got so depressed and it got so dark, and so all of the the school and all of this is is also mm-hmm. helping bringing me back to life. As as again, you follow your passion is is part of how you rebuild your yeah. life. Yeah, it's crazy how crazy or just I don't know just odd how the world works when it comes to that, you know, is that we go through these struggles for a reason, like it or not, it does suck and it's painful. And I just hearing that story, I don't know what it's like to have a son yet, but I can just imagine how much that sucks for you guys. And you being able to pour into these parents and teach them by your example, be like, guys, like, this is why it's so important. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. And I just, I thank you guys so much for what you're doing. Um, from, from what you guys have been through and what you guys are doing, have you seen anybody else do something similar? Or are you guys like one of the only ones in, in the space that's doing this? I think we're the only ones doing it the way we're doing it. There's lots of family coaches. There's lots of different people who, um, you know, work with kids at different stages. Um, the the most I hear is the teenage group because of the whole teenage suicide rates and things like that. So there are many, many people who are pouring into those teen years. But I know that if we can start sooner, 
we won't have those teens in that situation. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, let's bring it down even lower. And then I have another colleague that is even working with parents with toddlers and babies to try to help get this started even a little bit sooner. So yeah, there's several people, but no one that I've talked to is a certified teacher like me who can actually help with curriculum. I mean, Mm. Any parent can go find curriculum, the homeschool curriculum, things like that, right? But they still need help figuring out their child's learning strategies. They still need to help figuring out sometimes the holes in the child's education. And because I have 27 years of that experience, that's where mm-hmm. our program is a little bit unique that we can help parents along the way and still let them be pretty independent and teach the core values and things that they really want to instill with their kids. And there are some... There, there are quite a lot of teachers who are leaving the teaching mm-hmm. field, but the the same way that she talks is the way they talk. And what they do is they go and they create little schools that, so, so there's lots of like one teacher schools. So a, a teacher will go, it's like, Hey, I'm going to be a fifth grade teacher or a fifth, sixth grade teacher, and then bring in fifth and sixth grade and just teach that. So there's a lot of little small schools like that popping up. But there are also schools and you take your kids there and, and there's some also some online schools that are popping up with online curriculums, but they don't quite have the same interaction. They don't have the same coaching and stuff that we have built into our program. And and so the reason this is different is because we're different. So she has the in the box. I have this weird way I think out of the box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. So it took me a good six months to get her to fully understand the difference between what mm-hmm. what this is and in, in school and homeschool. So she still sometimes doesn't quite get the the words around it right, the vocabulary around it right. But the attitude and the spirit is completely there. Yeah. Because again, what we're doing is so kind of unique and original. To, as a way to build that back into the family. Which is why when you hear us talk, we're not talking about homeschool. We're talking about educating at home. And or or our bringing, podcast, Bringing, bringing education, education home. home. So it's a little bit of a shift on something that people understand. Yeah. But what's the difference? What's the nuance around those things? And the difference is because it's not school. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you went to Marshall's training. You've gone to several other trainings. You, I, are, I'm not sure if you're part of Apex or not, but you yep. go to the trainings. Yeah. Are you in school? No, that's how it's supposed to be, well, though. Well, I feel, you yeah. But you're getting well, you educated, are in school. Right? You're going yeah. to learn something. And so you're going there for an education. So that's, that's really the difference. We want to start mm-hmm. making that obvious to kids and that it doesn't stop when you're 18. Right. Mm-hmm. Because... In the last year, you learned more than the last four years of your high school. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook, but I went to MDM and I made a post and I said, in these last 72 hours, I've learned more than my 14 years of school combined. Exactly. Yep. Well, combined. I'm going to say no to that because the <laughs> reading, the writing, the arithmetic, the basics that you learned yes. in elementary school, that... I- is yeah. so critical. So, but I, I appreciate so the reality down. there. I meant like, I appreciate that. Let me be more in in depth with it. I learned more about where I needed to go in those 72 hours yeah. than I did in the 14 years. Yes, the reading, the writing, 
you know, those things were great. I learned those in like fifth grade. It's like, I feel like a fifth grade education, maybe the eighth grade is where I learned the most from. But like when it comes to high school, I don't remember shit. I really don't. I learned life lessons in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How to avoid bullies, how to stay out of the way, how to, uh, yeah. Yeah. The the, the trauma shit that that's the only place you're ever going to use those skills. And that's the socialization that people, people like, oh, my kid needs to go to school to be socialized. You you mean in the high school dodging the bullies and (laughs) in the lunchroom with all of the jerks and out on the playgrounds and yeah, no, that's, that is the worst place. To, to throw a whole bunch of untrained little people and expect them to figure it out on their own. Yeah, that's one thing my dad, and I, I always put him on the spot. And if he ever listens to this, he knows I'm coming from the heart. But growing up, my dad would be like, go figure it out. Like, you should know. You should go do this. You should go do this. And when I when I listen to that now, and he still tries to do that to, you know, his uh, his girlfriend's kids now. Because uh, my mom and him got divorced, which is fine. Um, but he still says the same thing. Oh, go do it. Go figure it out. I'm like, Dad, you're the leader. Uh-huh. Show them. Meet them where they're at. They're kids. Yeah. Or at least have a discussion and give a few suggestions. You know, yeah. Try this, see if it works. Go try this, see if it works. Go try this, see if it works. But don't just leave them out there hanging. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to help, yeah. help give some ideas. Or go figure it out together. You know what? Let's go sit down and try A, B, and C and see what works best for you. And I know my dad did his best because mm-hmm. he was only trying to do his best from what his dad didn't give him. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have, me and my grandpa don't have a tight relationship at all. You know, he's just kind of like a, like when he's in the room, he's just like a body. It's like, I don't even know my grandpa. He's really never been there. And I, a lot of people maybe listen. Oh, poor Tristan. No, it's okay. I'm just saying, like, that's my, how grandpa were back then. They, yeah. they worked the field. They took care of the family. They did their shit, and then they they didn't talk much because you know feelings didn't matter. They mm-hmm. had shit to do. What was going on in your head didn't matter. So eventually, all of that just got stuck, shut up, shut in little boxes, and they go and they do, and they don't. They don't talk. They don't have opinions they don't they don't have that it's just all locked inside so that's that's my grandparents that's the way so much Mm -hmm. of us in the gen Mm -hmm. x grew up and we were just left alone for for all of that as well and we were told go figure it out but at the same time but at the same time what they built for us the luxuries they provided Mm -hmm. for us showed us how much they loved us and that's what they thought was important because it's like look i got you a family or i got you a house house. I, i got you food you had so much, you have it so much better than I did. I'm providing for mm-hmm. you. So then to bring out that emotional stuff that they were never taught anyway, that that was never there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's totally not that they're... Yeah. And I would just challenge people who are listening to this and you have a grandparent that's kind of like that. Go ask them to tell you a story. Tell me about what you did when you were a young mm-hmm. child. What was your biggest highlight in the job that you were doing? Mm-hmm. I have so much knowledge locked up there, but unless they're asked to share the story, lots of times they won't. Hey, Grandpa, That's true. What it was like before cell phones. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, tell me what it was like before television. You know, that's true now. Now that you guys asked that, I realize my grandpa does tell those stories from here to there. Um, 
but I could also see like why my dad went about it the way he did because he had to go figure it out himself because grandpa didn't really teach him. Yeah. You know, it was just like, you're my son. I discipline you when you do bad. That's it. So this is where the generational stuff actually comes back into it Mm -hmm. because this is where the grandparents would normally start to talk and take care of the grandkids and start to do all of that stuff while the parents are getting it done. And then so the grandparents could be that wise, help the kids kind of stuff. But with the with the breakdown of the family over the last yeah. 200 years. Families being spread all over the nation instead of next door. And so now the grandparents don't have grandpa or now the grandkids don't have grandparents that talk to them. So that that family connection up and down through the hierarchy has been lost. Mm. I got a question that comes to mind. Um, so, for instance, my fiance and I's family don't get along at all whatsoever. Um, but something that I realized when you guys are talking is that in their generations, I mean, they've stayed in this small town right by each other and they've had the farming lifestyle and this and that. And then once I came in and pretty much took their daughter and moved, moved her out here, they hated it. And now their relationship is squirrely, but like, where does that line get drawn of like, I want to go live my life and not stay in this small town together you know, I want to go figure it out. Like, where where is that healthy? Like, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get at, but like, there's something missing there. Yes, they have the family that's all together and around, but like, they're not connecting. They don't really show love too much. It's all about just the work, 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 and not really the relationship. What do you have to say to that? Got one on that one. That's so tough because when families don't get along, it's really hard on the couple. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I guess just trying to keep putting out those olive branches and keep trying to connect back as much as you can, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, like you said, they lost a daughter because she moved away. Right. So they're in pain in a way, you know, but at the same time, they also hopefully are hoping for the best for their daughter go out and do something new and exciting, go out and be expansive and grow and things like that. So yeah, it's a tricky balance is the way. Yeah. You know what? You just helped me figure out my own answer. And that is, you know, it wasn't me taking their daughter away. That, that was the problem. What the problem was is that they didn't know how to handle their daughter growing up and doing her thing. But now Brianna really doesn't care to go see them because of how their boundaries aren't there. Like they're, they think that they still need to have control over her and do all those things. So I encourage parents that hearing this from the perspective of somebody younger who's going through this, like figure out that a lot of the time the problem is within you guys and not with with the child. Like you need to dive deep into yourself and figure out, well, why am I so upset about this? What am I doing to ruin this relationship? And that's something else we're missing too, is just be having that vulnerable time with your family that you should be safe with. But instead, a lot of people were like, fuck that. I don't want to talk to my parents. They're going to make me feel like shit. More than anything. You're getting into, into coaching, that's, that's a lot of what we talk about with coaching. So mm-hmm. let's Fine. go into it then. I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's like long conversation. Okay. That's not like a quick thing. In okay. I gotcha. Well, maybe, maybe in the future we can get a a longer form 
podcast going because I know we could we could talk about this stuff for hours. But again, <laughs> but uh, going back to the conservative way that that we you know we grew up is is women in the families were were known to be leaving. That's why at a wedding, it's like who gives this man or who who gives this woman. Because what what happens in a wedding is is the the female changes names to a new family. So mm-hmm. you know the 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 father of the bride loses someone with his name. So there is a death in the family in a way. Mm. Uh, that's why the father of the bride says it doesn't feel like I'm losing a daughter. It feels like I'm gaining a son, mm-hmm. but not because because any children are now going to have somebody else's family name. Okay. Mm. That's why, that's why the, the testicles are called the family jewels. <laughs> they pass on the name and yeah. that's important. The name was, and it was, yeah. Was. They lost that. Like you were yeah. saying. And, and women, women are considered jewels, but not the family jewels because their name is, is possibly going to change as they change families. Mm. So, you know, so th- there's there is so much of the society in that yeah. that naming aspect of it. Yeah. So there there's a lot of of loss of that understanding of that mentality in, in our society as well. So that's how come people would just like go out and change their names because they don't want to identify with their family. Mm forgot how important it is to be connected to the family. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if parents don't put it out there early, how important it is to be connected to the family. I mean, it's, it's just ends up happening in the, in a way that regrets might happen, but learning lessons come about. So um, I want to end these last, you know, 15 minutes or so with you have this four week program that you have going on. Can you tell us about that and give us a glimpse of what's going on? Well, can I say something? One more thing real quick. Okay. Oh, never mind. I'll let you go. <laughs> I don't know where he's going with that. No. Yeah. Our four week program. Um, a lot of people are like, wait a minute. We just got out of school. We don't want to think about school. But if you are truly frustrated with the school that your child is at, if you're truly wondering if the education they're getting is the best education, the four week program is just that helping you decide, is it time to make a change? How do I make a change? What needs to be done? What needs to be looked at? During that four-week program, I help walk you through, find your why, find out what is needed to unenroll your child if that's what you ultimately decide. We start looking at schedules and learning styles and different things that will help you be completely set up for September when quote-unquote school starts again. Mm. So that four-week program is really a deep dive helping you make a final decision. And if you decide to pull your child out and educate at home, then we look at, you know, what is how you get started with that. If you decide, no, I really need my child to still be at school. We look at what supports do you need around that to make sure that they're still getting the best education they can get. So Mm -hmm. that four-week program is a deep dive for parents to really look at education and hopefully decide to choose the best option for their child okay or now children. for all the simple people like me who in that <laughs> long description kind of lost it um <laughs> if you think the school system is messed up and you've been like man we got to get our kids out of school but then when it comes time it's like man that's a lot of work i don't know what to do all of these questions come up and you don't do it 
And so your kids end up in school for another year. So if you keep saying, man, the school system is messed up. I know it's propaganda. I know it's all messed up. The diet sucks. School is bad. I want to get my kids out. Instead of just saying all of that, contact us. We can, Let's we can, we can look at solutions. We can, we can look at your, your situation and say, this is, this is where you're at. And this is kind of what's going on. And yes, you can do this. Or if you're like absolutely certain, yes, I'm going to take my kids out of school. Then we can like walk you through the steps. Here's how you set this up. Here's how you set, here's how you get the curriculum. Yeah. Here's how you talk to the school district. Here's how you start setting up your education program at home. Because there are state rules and counties, district, school district rules that have to be met. You don't want to have a police officer knocking on your door going, your child didn't come to school. What's going on? Now they're truant. Here's your fine, et cetera. You want to make sure you have all of those things in place, too, when you're taking that step. So the program is, I want to take my kids out of school. What is it going to take? And we're going to walk you through in four weeks, everything you need to know to get your kids out of school and to get up and going. And that's it. And that's it. That's huge. To all the parents listening, take this advice. I get, I get people telling me all the time, I'm taking my kids out of school. I'm not doing this. I can see it. It's bullshit. I can, it's just terrible. These two amazing human beings right here are the answer to your problems when it comes to that. Where can they find you? Where can they learn more about what you guys do? So um, follow me on Facebook, Christina Hayaver at Facebook and all my contact links and everything are all in there. But if you go to vibrantfamilyeducation.com, it tells a little bit more of our story and it has a link right in there to also book a call just so you can ask some questions. There's absolutely no obligation, of course. There's just, what about this? And let's talk about it and try to get the conversation going. Exactly. Okay. Find out more about us and kind of how we're helping our parents listen to our podcast, Bringing Education Home, because we talk to a lot of these experts that we're drawing information from to help our families, as well as helping our families see the changes that can be made in their families. And when talking with lots of people, both on our podcast and through our parents that we were working at, um, the biggest regret with pulling your kids out of school is that they didn't do it sooner. Okay. Mm. So nobody who's done this is like, oh, this was a big mistake. Sometimes they get caught up and they get put back in the system, but the years that they were home are still considered a blessing among the families. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the, the thing that you're going to regret most is not doing it sooner. So at least call and ask a question. Yeah, why not? Just go and ask a question. Is And as you can tell with anybody and everybody listening to this, these people are awesome. You're going to have a great time and you're going to learn a lot. They might be a little funky, but that's why we like them. <laughs> this guy, right? You, you, you know, yeah, I'm just giving you guys in, crap. When you started asking me questions, I go, but typically I, you know, I, I, I hold myself back unless people actually start asking me questions, just like those old guys, except once I get going, I go. Yes. And I can attest to that because when we're in Montana, I'm not kidding you. I had some of the coolest conversations I've had in my entire life. And I very much so appreciated you going above and beyond in the way that you tell stories and how you do your things. Um, I have another question for you to add on to that. Like, just to kind of give some more insight about that that program, what are some common challenges that parents face when considering education at home? And how, how would you address them through that four-week program? 
the two main things that people come away with lots of times is that I need to socialize my kid. My kid will be the odd one because they were homeschooled or they were educated at home instead of being in the public schools. And we addressed that a little bit in one of our segments that we did about how actually socialization at school isn't that great because there's a lot of times where they're unsupervised or there's kids who just don't know how to handle themselves. So that's one of the things we really work with. And because your children are children, you are responsible for their socialization. So as as part of the school system, you do also need to get your kids PE and art and probably music. So their socialization comes when you pick their music class and you take them to music class, or you find a sports sports league or a sports team, or in some Dancing, school districts, I mean, you know, whatever. Some school districts they let homeschools be on the school sports teams. teams, so you can actually still be on your high school team even if you're even if you're educated at home. And we'll talk about so all of that. There are still ways to get that socialization, but it's in a structured way where people are doing things together that they want to do instead of being forced to go to school where most kids hate going to school and they're in that situation and then they're acting out and then that's just a horrible socialization situation. Um, the other and the second thing that is the biggest issue is a lot of people are like, I won't have time. I'm already too busy running a business or this or that or working or whatever. And we really talk about scheduling and how this is very flexible and how it can work around and through other things. So timing isn't the same because it's not six hours of their child sitting in front of a computer or sitting there doing paperwork like they were at school. Mm-hmm doing it different. This is education at home. So those two main sticking points. Um, um, I'm going to go with a third. And the oh. third is that they 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 don't think they're smart enough Thank or you. good yes. enough. Or, you know, I couldn't read in school. I couldn't do math in school. I wasn't good at school. So mm-hmm. how can I be a teacher? Okay. So my my response to that is you're the perfect parent because you know that the school let you down. Wow. Let's go. go. That's powerful. Go. You, you're not reading? How come? Well, because this happened in school. Well, perfect. Then you can watch that out for that in your And kid. you can learn at the same time. And learn at the same time and yep. pick up parts that you missed. And which is why I'm 27-year teacher, there to support and guide and help and mm. read. They're not alone. And I want to add to that too. Like I've learned the most by teaching other people. You know, it's such a win-win situation that it's, it's just amazing. And something that a memory that I just got from high school, middle school, elementary school, whatever, is that I hated school. I really had no passion to go to school ever. And what I realized that now that I have that thought and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm thinking of it, I'm looking at it from a, a thousand foot view now, is that when I go and ask like my sister who just graduated high school, or I go ask my cousin, or I just go ask random people that I could obviously tell are young enough to be in high school or middle school, like, do you like school and why? I haven't got a single answer, probably out of 100, 200 kids that said, hey, they like school and that wow. they wish that they could be doing something else. Yeah, that's-, that's so different from where we were. I mean, there was a big chunk of time people were like, oh yeah, I love going to school. And now that it's not, yeah, there's another mm-hmm. red flag in our system. And that's where your, your young men's groups yeah. are going to be really strong too is because they're lacking that sense of purpose and drive. There's there's not that in school. Yeah. So as soon as they find somebody that starts talking about responsibility and how to improve their life, you know, like Jordan Peterson talks about that, about how his message 
these young men are hearing it for the first time, sometimes in their late teens, and they're grasping onto this and they're changing their lives. So yeah, the message that you're getting out there is so very, very important as well. Yeah. And I I, want to end it with this last question. And that is one of my favorite things to do for anybody, young, old, high school, whatever, is helping them find their purpose. For 23 years of my life, all I really wanted to do is figure out why I was here. What's my purpose? There's always that question. What is it? Am I supposed to be a marine biologist? Is it a geologist? Blah, 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 blah. It was just all these things that were always tied to money. Uh-huh. Good money. What's good money? What's to do? Yeah. Is, is, your, is your profession going to be who you are? Are you a biologist? You know, that's not who you are. That's just something that you mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So my question that I'm getting at is like, how could I go about that in a way and then figure out how to give it off to you. Like if I help some kiddos, help them find their purpose and be like, Hey, I got some people who can deep dive into teaching you how to do that. But do you have any things that come to mind when I say that? Yeah, because I mean, maybe, maybe like you said, they want to be a biologist or something, then we can help find either the camps, the programs that are things that are outside of the school that will mm-hmm. give them that learning that won't be traditional school. And actually learning. more than likely what and they'll we would do, want to go do that. We we would coach them in how to find that how information. How to find that themselves. information, yeah. So and that's like, oh, interested, what are some things that you can look at? Hey, what are some searches that you can do? Hey, let's go into Google and and see if we can find some sort of camp. So you start to give them ideas and then they they just run with it once they start getting those little clicks. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I know now I can go look here. I can go look here. I can go ask this. You know? so, so we're not telling them what to do. do. We're, we're giving them options and showing them how to I do it themselves it. because th- that's the purpose that's of our school is to mm-hmm. teach them how to learn and then love that. Love that. Yeah. Because, because now that you've got that sense of MDM and that weekend and that, do you want to go to more of those? For sure. Why? Because the knowledge, the connection, the energy, the people, everything is just beautiful. Yes. Now, if you get that at a younger age, then, Ima- dude, then that wow. From a younger age. I had that same thought when I was MDM. I was like, if I was doing things like this when I was younger and kept doing it until I was 18, oh my gosh, you know how much further ahead I would be? Like, I know at 23, I'm, I'm, further ahead than most, but like, gosh, like it's really not people overcomplicate it. It's really that simple. Is that exactly what you guys are doing? Like one of the biggest things that people get caught up in is like, Oh, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how, but are you going and getting the answers from people who know how? Yeah. So one of the ladies that was on our podcast teaches this to young kids about finding their purpose and doing stuff. So one kid liked cooking. So he joined a bunch of cooking cat classes and he made a cheesecake and he won uh he won a prize with his cheesecake so then he started selling these cheesecakes these award-winning cheesecakes from a 14 year old for like 30 bucks a pop making 20 some bucks on a cheesecake made bank paid for his college selling Boom. wow so, um so she teaches people how to find stuff that they're doing and then and then turn it into some way to make money to get to pay for school and stuff. Yeah. And then even deeper than that too. imagine, because honestly, I think college is a scam unless you really want to go for maybe being a doctor or something. Um, But like, imagine if he got and invested all that money 
in, instead of in college into these programs, these events and these things where like it or not, you'd probably have a way better time, be around even more like-minded people and just be around that community. And it'd probably be less money too. Probably. That's just yeah. something that I think about. Like I never went to college. I, I really h- hated the idea of any type of school system after schools. I am never going back. Um, bar, but see, in a way, bar, but in a way, I, but that's what I was getting at is that it's like my own version of college. Like I am investing money into these things, but it is way better. Like the idea of sitting down and doing homework again, I want to puke. You know what I mean? But going and listening to an awesome speaker teach things that I could really even fathom. I'm taking, dude, I took 15 pages of notes and I'm still digesting it. It's fun now because it's exactly where I want to go. It was like I was listening to people prophetically speak over me when they weren't doing it. And it's like, what I realized is that it's it's not just some special thing that only I can go to. Everybody has the ability to go and learn exactly what they need to follow their purpose. I, I, I'm all transparent when it comes to these type of things. I am making the most least amount of money in my entire life right now, but I'm the most fulfilled and happy and joyous that I've ever been. Because I know where I'm going and I might not have the money yet, but I know it's coming because I'm on the path to my purpose and I'm learning exactly what I need to do to make it happen. And to everybody listening to this right now, your kids need you more than ever. Your communities, the world in general needs you to make this decision and like it or not, it is on you if you want to make this happen. If you want to keep being on the sidelines and being a bystander and let this bullshit happen, go ahead. But with what Christina and Herbert are doing, they're stepping into their purpose with what I'm doing. I'm stepping into mine. It's about time you do too. Anything you your kids for 18 years so you can pay for them to go to college. D- don't do that. A great investment. Let's change Just it around. Spend your 18 years building your family, teaching them how to love. It, you know, if, if they have this information and this groundwork at eight, nine, 10, they might not implement it all that right away, but it's there. And when they're ready and 14, 15, 16, then maybe they'll pay for their own college and and they'll have the memories of you being there for them instead of you always being gone at work or you always rushing Mm -hmm. around and doing stuff. You have your kids for 18 years legally before the government says that they can tell you to go to hell if you're bad. (laughs) I got to say, I got to say this before I lose my train of thought. And this is very important to everybody listening to this. Do you want your kid to have to go through what I went through, which I almost died. I've gotten to witness multiple kids my age in a casket. I've had to get it unaddicted to drugs and alcohol to finally find where I need to go through pain. Or do you want to teach them early so they don't have to go through the things I went through to finally find my shit, which I could, I could have died. I could still be addicted. I could be going down a wrong path. And it was all because, and I love my parents to death, but they weren't there for me how I needed to. So I went down a dark path to finally come to the light. And I'm telling you, you do not want your kids to have to go through it to finally find it. But, you know, on your parents' side is we, we kind of lost our kids too because yeah. you, you work hard, you send them to college. You know, the dad's gone all day. That That's what we did. We were. 
as, as unusual as we are from the outside, if you looked at our family, we were so typical kid, yeah. two, two, two children, two, two children, two do- dogs, two jobs, seeming uh, a house, a seemingly happy life. You know, we, we, we had it all. And, you know, and we did because everything that I have at one point, this, this was my dream. Everything I have right now is, was the culmination of my dreams, man. I wanted an amazing, beautiful wife. I wanted a couple of kids, a couple of dogs. I have everything I have ever wanted, but it all fell apart and it didn't necessarily make me happy. Mm. Again, that was what society told me I wanted. Society told me that we needed to get. And so, yeah, we're, we're trying to help people realize that that job, that this vision, no, your kids are more important. Spend the 18 years with your kids and then maybe you'll get to spend 50, 60 years with your kids instead yeah. of just eating. Yeah. And they're the next few, the future generations to come. So why wouldn't you want to invest that time into them? This is your last name. This is your family. It's that important. Because well, guy propagandized out of it so let's change it let's change, let's it. change it bring education back home everybody who's listening thank you again these two are awesome make sure to go follow them online and check out their website we need this in society and if you want to be stubborn or not or this agrees right with what you're thinking you know it needs to happen so thanks again you two and uh looking forward to next time later on episode resonated with you or if you know somebody who needs to hear it don't keep it to yourself share it far and wide to anyone who crosses your mind send them a text message an email a dm on social media take a screenshot if you have to and share it to your stories on facebook instagram twitter or snapchat i also want to express my gratitude for the incredible support and the five star reviews on itunes and spotify your reviews help the show reach new audiences who might have never stumbled upon it before by listening they have the opportunity to open their minds and potentially change their lives so please keep those reviews coming in and let's continue to make a huge impact together till next time everybody this is tristan mather signing off and remember if you want to make the world a better place you must first look at yourself and make that change conquer your life